Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Well, Bernard, uh, thanks for joining us on The Score here on Cork's 96FM. Um, you might talk to us first about uh, where basketball is in this country presently, Bernard. I know there's a, an expansion of the game uh, with two conferences uh, because of COVID-19. There are more teams now in the Super League, isn't it, Bernard? Yeah, um, we had four new applications uh, on the men's side and uh, on the women's side there was uh, two new applications. So it's really... Uh, it's really very positive. So uh, going into next season on the men's side, we will have uh, 28 teams mm. and there's 24 teams on the women's side. So, you know, 52 National League clubs with a great geographical spread. You know, uh, the momentum is really good. Good stuff. How has COVID-19 actually impacted Irish basketball, uh, Bernard? Well, the on, on, on one hand, we were a little bit lucky uh, insofar as our seasons were just ending when the lockdown happened. Uh, we had one week left uh, in the Men's National League, for instance. Mm. So we, we were lucky in that way, and our new season now is geared to start probably in the middle of October. So we're hopefully going to be in a, a better position then. But what is the impact really has been, uh, number one, on the inter- our international platform, which is always during the summer, as I think you know, was completely wiped. So our under-16s, 18s, 20s and seniors uh, all didn't go to their European championships. So there was great disappointment around that, but it couldn't be helped. Yeah. And then on the financial side of things, of course, uh, the arena um, in Tala in Dublin has just lost all its income for basically... Um, nine months of the year if we look forward to the rest of this year I think we're probably going to lose uh, at least a, a million pounds worth of income so that's quite serious for us yeah. so um, it has had you know a, a major Im- impact on us Yeah and I know you came out strongly o- over the way the government would say for example bailed out the FEI your former employer which we'll get to later in the interview Bernard uh, while basketball really was left to battle uh, on its own really in this country fr- from uh, the financial brink really well, yes, I, I did. Um, I did voice my opinion. It wasn't anything anti-FAI or whatever. I'm I'm happy for all sports organisations mm. to be helped out, whatever uh, you know, whatever is happening. But I did feel there was a huge imbalance between an organisation getting a bailout of, I think it was 37 million, and yet when we had much less serious uh, problems a few years previously, we were basically just cut adrift. And, you know, two million to us would be an absolute lifesaver. 
you know, compared to the 37 million. So I just really wanted fair play or I wanted mm. at least acknowledgement, you know, that there are other national governing bodies out there doing their job properly um, within the rules and whatever. And uh, there shouldn't be, if you like, a, a reward for incompetence. And people doing their, their job properly, you know, should be catered for as well. Yeah, because I know when you took over Basketball Ireland, uh, was it nine years ago, CEO, you were in debt of close to two million. And that obviously uh, had a huge impact uh, on basketball in Ireland. It did, yeah. The uh, morale was very low. It was, in fact, it was around 1.2 million. Mm. Um, we, we had got no help from the government. We were, in fact, told the opposite, that if we didn't get our house in order, we wouldn't get any future help. So, you know, uh, employees had to be let go. The international program had to be cancelled. So there were really tough times. So, uh, you know, we set out a plan and uh, step by step, we, we you know, we've, we got back there. And now, I suppose, within the last two or three years in particular, uh, I, I think it's fair to say that we're flying, really. Uh, our membership, our playing membership is up 66% in the last four years. There's 800 schools, over 30,000 players, and we've just mentioned the National League going from strength to strength. So over the last 10 years, collectively, as a board and as an executive with, with my own staff, and indeed with the whole game, because, you know, part of our recovery plan was saying to the basketball community, you have to help us here, you know, and mm. one thing was bringing in the registration scheme. So basically anybody who's involved in basketball has helped turn the, sh- turn the ship around. And, you know, now... We just really want to drive on and reward everybody for that. Good stuff. And you've been rewarded as well. Um, you've signed a new one-year extension, have you, with Basketball Ireland, uh, Bernard? Uh, I hope it's. I think it's two years, actually. Two, <laughs> the, two years. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been 10 years there now, yes. and I've been offered a two-year ex- two uh, extension, mm. which I'm delighted with and happy to take. And So, yeah, you know, just put, put that in a drawer and forget about it and, and move on with, with the work that we have, you know. Okay, and um, you know, if I was to ask you, Bernard, what what would be on your wish list for basketball Ireland when, when things return to normal? Well, I I think the fact that our international programs at the moment are co-funded with parents and with you know and guardians and whatever that that's not a situation that that sits easily with anybody in in basketball Ireland. So at the moment, the cost of putting an international team on the court. Uh, for European Championships is is somewhere the order of about thirty thousand a year, mm. and the split is that thirty percent of that comes from Basketball Ireland, and then seventy percent has to come from fundraising, um, any sponsorship that the individual coaches can get, and ultimately from ultimately from the parents and guardians, and that's not satisfactory. So I re- would really like our international program to be substantially funded so that. It, it would never be a barrier to a young kid that um, they, they can't afford to go on an international program. Mm. Uh, and we will get there. You know, um, we, we, we started, yeah, as I said, we started with the whole international program being closed down. And we're now, you know, we're well back now at this stage. And um, we, we continue to work on that. And, you know, we might, it might be uh, the time when, with this resurgence in, ba- resurgence in basketball, that a, you know a sponsor will come in and say, "Look, three hundred thousand a year to, for ten international teams. Yeah, I want to be involved in that. Uh, that'd be great if we can persuade somebody to do that." 
Yeah, and what about press coverage, uh, Bernard? Because I know, I suppose, me growing up in, in a real hotbed uh, for basketball here in Cork uh, over the years, and I remember covering a lot of basketball, and, you know, it was one of the biggest uh, covered sports, we'd say, in the media. Uh, you know, I think it was in the top four at the time. Could the coverage, uh, we'd say, from the media be, be better for basketball? Uh, yes is the short answer, but um, I don't think we can really put the onus on the media. You're... Uh, you're a media man yourself. You know, the media go where the stories are. So we have to create our own our own story. And I think we, we really have been doing that over the last, uh, again, four or five years. Um, our, our grasp, particularly on social media, um, I think we're well up there. We're mm. boxing above our, our weight at that. And gradually, uh, you're right in saying that, uh, you know, the Echo and the Examiner have been fantastic uh, um, traditional supporters of basketball. But nationally, uh, I think we deserve more. But uh, you know, we did target, um, you know, all the local papers. So I think if you fi- if you go around the country, you will find basketball gets really good coverage um, for the local team. So that's great. Um, and, and increasingly, we're, we were getting good mentions uh, on on radio and on television and in the, the the written media. But you can never you can never say that you've reached your maximum. You have to keep pushing. Mm. But we have a good team. We have two new people, Nathaniel Cope and Jenny Kelly, uh, joined us within the last uh, three or four months, and they're very experienced people, mm. and they're going to drive us on as well, you know? Good stuff. And uh, just talk to us about the loss of the Cove coverage on RT. Uh, that, that was obviously um, a great tradition there, watching the, the, the excitement of Cup basketball on RT. Uh, was that a big blow? To, I know TG4 are covering it. Was that a big blow for, for, for you, Bernard? It was, and it was. It was one of the. It was a meeting that I think I had w- within the first three months of arriving into basketball. So it wasn't a very good start. Um, mm. I, I had no idea that that was coming. But um, so I, you know, I think that was certainly a retrograde step. You know, RTE would always wheel out uh, that they um, are the public service bro- broadcaster in Ireland, and I thought it was a huge blow to the basketball community. Uh, but as you say. First of all, I, it was Satanta stepped in, but then in recent times, for the last six years, uh, TG Carr uh, have given us great coverage over mm. the Cup Final weekend, and we've signed another deal with them over the summer, so we're going to be there with them. And not alone do they do the Cup Finals, but in the last couple of years, they've done uh, highlights programs as well. So, you know, that, 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 has, that has been good, and uh, we're, we're very happy to be working with TG Carr. Yeah, and you mentioned there earlier the, the international game. It had been in the doldrums. Uh, we were out of it for a while, but uh, it's back now, and that's great for, for national teams uh, to be competing, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, uh, in 2017, we hosted the European uh, oh. Under-18 girls, and uh, our, our team uh, you know, got the silver medal and got promoted to uh, the A division, which was fantastic. And... Uh, you know, the, what, what we do know uh, for definite is that there's a huge wealth of talent coming through uh, the underage sections, and, and I think we're really going to make our mark uh, in the coming few years. There's uh, excellent players out there, and, uh, you know, things like the last dance that, was, that has been on and everybody is talking yeah. about, that drives Terrific, further yeah. interest in it, and uh, it, it's incredible, really, you know. Yeah, good stuff. Um, you, you, you have a role as well for the small nations. What's your role, in fact, with the IFBA, uh, Bernard? Uh, well, I'm on the board of FIBA. Yeah. Uh, I'm on the European board of FIBA, and 
by virtue of my um, success in the election, I was um, I was made uh, chairman of the Small Nations uh, Committee. So mm. the Small Nations Committee essentially looks after, uh, as it says, you know, the, the smaller federations, yeah. in particularly the European Championships men and women that happen in those divisions every couple of years. So that's very interesting, and uh, it gives us a great network of uh, federations that are of a similar size to ourselves, and, you know, that, that works on, on many different uh, platforms for us as well, so it's good. Yeah, very good. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, Bernard, uh, Cork down the air has been a real hotbed for, for basketball in this country. Um, it's pity Blue Demons are not in the Super League anymore. They're, they were a force, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, I would have, before I came into basketball, I suppose if you asked me what I knew about basketball or to name any clubs, you know, I would have immediately named Demons and Neptune. Um, uh, but, you know, what I would say is that, you know, sport goes in cycles, yeah. I suppose, like life in a way. And although things are not great there at the moment, you know, it, uh, you know, there's good people still involved there. Yeah. As I say, there's a resurgence of interest at, at young younger level. Um, and, and I think they will come back. And I think also the... Uh, the coming of the new teams in Cork, Ballancolic and Father Matthews, yeah. uh, on the men's side, you know, it'll either kill Demons or Neptune, which I don't think it will, or it'll make them want to come back even stronger, mm. uh, which I which I think will be the case. And yeah. But there's no immediate fix for it. Like, you know, uh, uh, it requires a lot of hard work. And the standard in the National League now, I think undoubtedly, in the Super League in particular, has come up. So... Um, you know, the Super League doesn't really carry any passengers. You're either up mm. to the standard or you're not. Yeah, and uh, it's worth mentioning uh, before we leave basketball, um, uh, Tom Wilkinson, former Irish captain. When you mention um, Neptune, you, you automatically think of the great Tom Wilkinson. And he is uh, to be inducted, isn't he, in the Hall of Fame? I know it was supposed to happen pre-COVID, but it'll happen later in the year, is it, uh, Bernard? Yeah, we're delighted, Tom, and, and, and the other people. I think we've four people coming into the Hall of Fame. Mm. Um, it'll be... We were due to have it in uh, in May, to, towards the end of the season. It's yeah. been rescheduled now for the third week in September, and uh, it'll be held in Croke Park, as we did last year. And it was a great, really a great day, great afternoon, and everybody thoroughly enjoyed it. We also present our annual awards at that function, so, you know, Team of the Year, Player of the Year, all of that for the different sections. So it's a really, really good day, uh, really positive day, and... We're looking forward to seeing, as I say, the new Hall of Famers being inducted that day. Very good. Uh, I know that, Bernard, you're a real all-rounder when it comes to sport. Uh, in your previous life, of course, you were FAI chief uh, back in the mid-90s, ninety-six. You took over just after Big Jack uh, stepped aside. Uh, you had dealings, I know, with, with uh, Jack uh, and, um, you know, you were obviously, like all of us, very sad to hear of his uh, passing last week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I had official dealings with Jack at the time. I was uh, head of security for a couple of years there before he before he left. And um, you know, on a personal level, you know, I, I didn't socialise with him or whatever, but I, but I dealt with him and I knew him, and he knew me. Although he always called me Brandon, but uh, <laughs> that was the same for he, he tended to get people's names wrong. But you know, it was it was great. Um, you know, and, and some of the you know the greatest days in, in sport, you know, would have been experienced with uh, with his, with Jack's army and whatever. And you know, on a personal basis, um, I was in Germany in '88, and I was in the Giant Stadium in '90. Or sorry, 
in 94 and mm. then in Italy in 90. So, I mean, those that nine years there were really uh, a golden, golden years, both from a football point of view and from a family point of view and just indelible memories. And, uh, you know, really, really sad to to hear his passing and, and also sad, you know, I always had it in my head that whenever it happens, because I knew he was ill and whatever, mm. you know, that it definitely make the journey over to say a last goodbye at the funeral and that's not going to be possible now. Yeah. But, you know, that's that, those things happen. I think he'll be forever remembered by by not just the soccer public, but I think by any Irish person with an interest in sport. Yeah, he certainly uh, had had a way about him and uh, he settled into Irish life uh, uh, really well and comfortable. Uh, people loved him. Um, you know, uh, what kind of legacy do you think he leaves behind? Um, obviously, getting Ireland to three major finals out of a possible five was some achievement, wasn't it? Yeah, it was absolutely. I mean, for people of my generation, you know, we had spent years following the Irish team and we really never had any thought that we would ever get to a, to a tournament. Really, we had given up, I suppose, you know. And then all of a sudden we had this period where not alone were we making tournaments, but we were actually, we actually had, you know, a really good team. And I, I still say, even myself, we didn't appreciate just the what, a, what great players we had at that time. Mm. And... Uh, you know, we, we achieved great things. We were ranked eighth in the world at one stage. You know, we definitely, we feared nobody. And uh, we, we, contrary to kind of what some people might say, we, we did play some great football in, in some games. We certainly always played effective football. Um, in a legacy, well, I hope it kind of passed. The biggest legacy you can have, that people should have confidence that we can do that again. You know, that we are good enough. We don't always have to be also run, also runs and Mick carried that on a bit he, he struggled for the couple the first couple of years yeah. but then we we got to uh we got to Japan and South Korea and, and did really well and, and could have even done better you know so um yeah I, I think you know confidence that you know we'll come again you know we we might be we might have been at a at a, at a low ebb uh, over the last couple of years or few years but we can come again and I'm really looking forward to Stephen Kenny's reign now and see how we go, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. You mentioned uh, Mick McCarthy, um, you know, didn't qualify for Euro 96, World Cup 98 or Euro 2000, but we did get to 2002. And uh, I think uh, under Mick, to be fair, too, we played really good football, didn't we, Bernard? We did, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Mick has been around the game uh, a long time and he had the confidence of the players and yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, Mick passed on a legacy as well. And um, as I say, I'm, I'm optimistic about uh, Stephen Kenny. Yeah. Talk, talk to us about your time in the FBI. I mean, how do you look back at it now? I look back on it with, um, with a fond memory. For, you know, when I went in there, it was a dream achieved, if you like. You know, I, was, uh, I had been in football, running kids' teams and whatever for the best part of 20 years. I had been on the council while I was while I was working on a, on a voluntary basis. I was on the council, so I knew the organisation inside out, and I knew what changes I wanted to make. I wanted to make, and how they, you know, how they could be achieved. So I enjoyed all of that. Um, what What happened then was, I, I have to say it. I suppose you know the, the political interference when we went to try and build our own stadium. You know, we then had politicians lined lined up against us to stop us doing that, which, looking back on it, I think was uh, 
woefully unfair, especially given that what uh, was put up against us, i.e. the Bertie Bowl, mm. you know, was a figment of everybody's imagination. We knew that at the time. Um, it was completely financially uh, unviable, and yet they wouldn't let us do our thing. So that ended nastily, and for me, I was I was shattered, you know, with the way that it happened. Mm. But, um, you know, I quickly realised that, uh, you know, you move on in life. You, you can either kind of go into into yourself and bemoan things uh, for the rest of your life, or you just shake it off and say, right, where do I go now? What do I do now? Which uh, eventually I did. I mean, it took about a year. You know, I was really upset and annoyed at people who had let me down. And, you know, I'm sure Dave would say that I let them down, but I don't see how. But um, they were tumultuous years, I suppose. When, yeah. when I, it was 1996 to 2001. Mm. You know, when I meet people these days and I say, well, look, I'm 20 years out of the FAI now. They can't believe it, you know. They yeah. can't believe it was that long ago. But, uh, you know, so it's a mixture. But mostly, you know, I still have huge friends in the FAI and I still, unfortunately, these days, I, I, I either meet them at funerals or occasionally at matches, which... Uh, yeah. You know, but I still have great friends uh, around football and always will have, I imagine. Yeah, and just a final one on, on the football and the FBI. They have a big challenge now uh, ahead of them. Um, were you surprised at what happened, uh, Bernard Irish football? Well, I was surprised at the details uh, that came out in relation to the financial situation. I knew it certainly wasn't as rosy as it was being painted for a few years. I didn't realise it was as bad as it was. And I think there's a huge, huge challenge there. Mm. Um, for the people involved, I do genuinely wish wish them all the best. Um, but reading just even this morning's paper, it looks like there might be an explosion there before you know, it might get worse before it gets better. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just finally, then, Bernard, I know you're a, a big GA fan as well, and what Dublin have achieved. I seen photographs of your Croker Park when they uh, created history and won five in a row. But to win five in a row uh, is is just phenomenal, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I, I've been going to Hill 16 since I was 15 or 16 with, 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 all, with all my mates from Intracore, you know, it was in Bradness. We always loved the dubs, even, you know, well before this current thing. But uh, to win five in a row, and I have to say, you know, the night there, the Saturday night when uh, when they won it, it was really surreal. It was under the lights and it was a beautiful evening. And uh, it was really, you know, history. You got the feeling that you were there on a, a historic night you mm. know so so it was great it was great and i just wish you know for, for everybody i just wish that uh, all the sport can come back now and people we didn't realize you know just how much it meant to us and how much we enjoyed it uh, yeah. take it all for granted so the sooner the better it all gets back yeah i, I just want your feelings on i, I was talking to niall cahalan um on the program recently uh, bernard and while he wasn't saying that uh, you know money wins you anything but he was saying money in the right hands uh, gives you a good chance and he was kind of talking about what limerick did in hurling and obviously dublin in in football uh, how would you what, how, what would your opinion on that be uh, money in the right hands can if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at MintMobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Certainly help you. Yeah, I think money, 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 exactly, you can. You know, uh, there needs to be a plan. You know, I mean, if you just give money to an organization or to a committee or something, you know, if they haven't got a plan, if they haven't got a strategy, you know, the Dublin success was planned about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really when it started. Yeah. And, um, the kind of plans that they have are still available to other counties. Um, but there's so much uh, in-house rivalry that goes on in county boards and within counties. It always amazes me um, in, in the GAA that sometimes the biggest critics... I, I'm living in Mead now, so uh, you know, but I do observe that the biggest critics of the Mead team, let's say, are people in Mead, you know, and yeah. I know that I, some of my family live over in Galway, and, you know, it's, if people can be persuaded to pull together, um, and the way to do that is to kind of explain, this is a plan we have, this is the strategy we have, now, now let's go for it. And then, you know, money, obviously. Uh, the criticism about Dublin, I, I don't think it stands up, you know, that Dublin have bought this success. I mean, even if you look at the results um, I haven't got them off the top of my head now, but let's say the five wins that they've had and include replays, yeah. the number of those games that were decided on one point. They were, yeah. You know, so, I mean, that's not common. They were winning it by 10 or 12 points every yes. year. Then maybe that's the case. But, you know, dubs, the dubs have got there by grit, determination, skill yeah. and having a plan. Yeah, they certainly uh, know how to grind out a win when under pressure. And going for six in a row um, this year, Bernard, this is the final question. The All-Ireland final will be close to Christmas, which will be strange. We hope that uh, you'll be able to go and there'll be fans able to go and watch the, the final. Well, absolutely. I mean, without the fans, you know, even we've been looking at the Premiership over the last uh, few weeks, you know, even though my team have been crowned champions, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's just not the same without the fans, you know. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the fans are the big thing and hopefully we all get back there. Yeah, well, certainly your team's on a high at the moment, Dublin football and Liverpool, huh, Bernard? A great all-round sportsman and it was a pleasure having you on the score as our special guest here in Cork's 96 FM for this Sunday afternoon. Uh, thanks a million, Bernard. Thank you very much, Trevor. Best wishes. 
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.